Hello, I'm John Deeks and welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. In between when you wake up this morning and when you go to sleep tonight, 57 Australian women and men will be told they have breast cancer. The same will happen tomorrow and the next day too, making breast cancer the most common cancer affecting Australian women and to a lesser degree, men. The Breast Cancer Network Australia is a not-for-profit organisation that supports Australians affected by breast cancer with the aim to ensure that Australians affected by breast cancer receive support, information, treatment and care appropriate to their needs. Kirsten Pilati is the CEO of Breast Cancer Network Australia and our guest today on Your Life Choices. Kirsten, first up, congratulations on the Field of Women Day at the MCG. Thank you so much. It was just a special, special moment for us to connect as a community and to come together in a very powerful and visual way. Now, for those who aren't aware of it, because this goes all around Australia, what was the Field of Women all about? It happens every year. So we bring together onto the MCG more than 10,000 Australians who have been affected in some way by breast cancer. Some people want to stand there on that hallowed turf because it's a bucket list that they've always wanted to do. Other people are standing there in memory of a loved one they might have lost and others are standing there because they're living with and being treated for the disease. And it really is a powerful way to bring our community together, but to show people that we are here for them. I'm always struck by the range of people who are there. There's kids, there's babies, there's parents, there's grandparents. And demonstrates, as you said, that breast cancer does impact everyone. So yes, in Australia, 57 people today will be told, 20,000 Australians every year. But it's not just that person being diagnosed that's impacted, but rather the whole family. And that's what the field of women does. And that's what our network does is really ensure that anyone who's been affected can get support. Let's talk about the genesis of the BCNA and tell me about Lynn Swinburne. So Lynn was our founder. She was diagnosed in 1993 and unbelievably she was a school teacher at the time with two small kids and she found a lump, went and had it tested, quite a normal procedure. And then the doctor said to her to ring tomorrow for the results. So she went into the staff room at morning recess and the receptionist said, I'm sorry to tell you, Mrs Swinburne, that the doctor's not here but I'm happy to give you your test results. And Lynn thought, great, that's probably good news. She was told she had breast cancer over the phone and then sent straight into all of the activities that she needed to do. And what she described is very common for those people who have been diagnosed with any kind of life-threatening disease, that her life just crumbled at that moment and everything went into slow-mo. And throughout her experience, she felt like the system was treating her tumour and not treating her. And so she began to rally people. And it's hard to believe that in, you know, the 90s, people weren't really talking about breast cancer like they are today. And so we really began a movement of bringing people together to say enough is enough and we need the system to cater for the person diagnosed, not just treat the tumour. And that's basically the core of what it is you do because you you have a helpline, 1-800-500-258 and, of course, uh, bcna.org.au. And it is a place that women and men can go to to get support. It sure is. So we have a lot of information and support. And really, we know that information is power. And at a time of a breast cancer diagnosis, you have little control. So actually getting information is a way of taking control back. And that's what we want to do for you to help you navigate through this system, these acronyms, these words that you've never heard of, but the system uses every day. So we want to empower you with information and support 
but also connect people together because there is nothing more powerful than talking to someone else who's been through an experience. Kirsten, is breast cancer on the increase? We are seeing every year more and more Australians diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, why is that? We think it's a number of issues. One is early detection, so people doing more screening. And, you know, we really encourage anyone who's over 40 to get part of the breast screen program into their um, every two years having their mammogram. And then also for those people who might have risk factors in their family, really understanding those and then going and having a good conversation with your GP. So we'd certainly know screening rates uh, will help us find breast cancer earlier and we hope cure the breast cancer. But we also know that treatment is keeping more people alive. In fact, we don't actually know how many people are living with what we call metastatic breast cancer. So that's treatable but incurable breast cancer. And at the moment in Australia, we don't know how many people are living with that disease. So one of our big advocacy efforts right now is to really make the system get control of these figures because how do we provide great supportive care, great services if we have no idea how many people are living with metastatic breast cancer? And I think these people really feel like the pink is a lot of rah-rah and they struggle in the sea of pink. And so we want to make sure that we are there for them as well. Interesting statistic I saw on your website, which is fabulous, by the way. Really great website. And uh, bcna.org.au, is it? The chances of surviving at least five years has increased from just over 77% in 89 to 83 to 90, nearly 92% in 2018. Now, that's terrific, but those figures are, are old. They certainly are. And one, one of the real challenges are the figures are based on five-year survivals. As I said before, we don't know how many people are living with treatable but incurable breast cancer in the country. So we need to make sure that we're not just tracking someone at the point of diagnosis and then at death, but we actually understand what's going on for all of those people after a breast cancer diagnosis. Somebody rings the BCNA on 1800 500 258. What happens? Our team are very skilled in helping you, one, identify what it is you need right now because people have very different needs and depending on where they're at in their breast cancer experience. We often receive people calling very early in their diagnosis or, in fact, while they're waiting to know whether they have breast cancer or not, and we can help people navigate through there. And also just people who want to ask a question that they're maybe afraid to ask anyone else. So our team really help you navigate. One of the things I think is interesting in cancer is that after treatment finishes, when all those appointments have finished, often the patient doesn't know where to go and that is when all the emotional stuff hits them as well. So you mean the physical has been looked after but not so much the mental follow-up? They've been on this uh, train ride and they've been seeing these clinicians every day and people have been checking in on them, family and friends have been delivering meals and all of a sudden all of that stops and they then need a place to come and our network is that place to come for people who are living with and post their breast cancer diagnosis. Kirsten, what are these statistics when it comes to men and breast cancer? We know that around 170 men will be diagnosed every year. And in fact, if you are diagnosed with breast cancer, you will have almost the same treatment in terms of surgery that a woman would have because we'll need to re remove all of your breast tissue to help you with survival. One of the challenges is that men are a bit hopeless at following up their own health. 
Yeah, well, that doesn't come as a surprise, really, does it? So, you know, I think that's why events like the field and the work that we do is really important to make sure men understand that they too can have breast cancer. And that I they... never knew men could have could get breast cancer. Exactly. And those men who do are then diagnosed, often they find it very hard to find someone else in the community who has had breast cancer and is male. So we can help those people connect together because there's nothing more powerful than a network of people who've had a similar lived experience. We don't normally give our plugs on the Your Life Choices podcast, Kirsten, but a big shout out to a major sponsor of yours, Baker's Delight. We have had a partnership with Baker's Delight since 2000. They've raised over $20 million for us through their incredible... Well, they deserve a rep. Yeah, totally. And every franchisee around the country donates pink buns for us for three weeks in May every year. And we have lots of corporate partners, but also our money comes largely from the community activities, pink sports day events around the country, individual donors. So more than 80% of our funding comes from the community and our corporate supporters. So we're very grateful for that. How often should a woman have a mammogram? So every two years, if you are what they call normal risk, whatever that may be for you. But also we know that if you have a family history, we want you to go and have a discussion with your GP and really work hard to understand what is the risk for you. Kirsten, what about young females? Is there something at schools that teach them how to be aware of their body? So there are some school programs. I, I mean, I think it, we need to be cautious to not over-frightened children about this. What we say to people is know the look and feel of your breasts and if you find any changes, then go and see a GP. We do have some women in our network who are in their 20s. It is very rare though. What I would say is if you see any change, we know that Younger women are often will go to the GP and say, I'm worried. And the GP will say, don't worry, you're too young for breast cancer. What Get a new GP. Correct. We know our own bodies and we have to believe in what our gut tells us around looking after ourselves. So we really encourage people to take control of their own health. So how did you get involved in the Breast Cancer Network? So I began here just after the very first field of women in 2005. And if you stay long enough, Deeks, they make you the the big boss. But uh, it is honestly a privilege every day to come to work because what BCNA does is that real connection with people. And not everyone has the opportunity to be linking directly with the people who you are looking after. And so I have that joy every day to lead a team that does that and to connect in with those people. And they've taught me so much in my life, like to really believe that you've got to find the joys in every day. You've got to be grateful for family, for friends, and you've really got to prioritise yourself. And every time I do, you know, start getting worried about things that I can't control, I really do reflect back on the lessons that the women who are still with us today but and, and are living with incurable breast cancer, all those people who have passed their five years and feel like they're surviving and thriving as a person, you know, I've learned a lot from them and it's a great privilege to lead this organisation. Is a cure for breast cancer on the horizon, Kirsten? 
Gosh, well, I mean, we work really closely with our sister organisation, the National Breast Cancer Foundation, who are investing in research. And we want to make sure that we're continuing to invest in research and lead the way. Breast cancer has led the way for many cancers for a long time. And I really believe we will continue to do that because we are such a cohesive group of organisations that are working together to make sure we have better outcomes and better supportive care for all those affected by breast cancer. And as you say, Kirsten, early detection is the key. If you've got a breast screen envelope sitting in your drawer that you haven't actioned, we want you to go and have a mammogram. We know that early detection can help. But for those people who have been diagnosed, whether it's recently or a very long time ago and really want to connect in with a community, then we are here for you. BCNA can help you not just at that time of treatment, but well after treatment finishes, because we know that that is when all the emotional stuff happens. As I said, when the support systems seem to go, we are here for you. And those people who are living with uh, metastatic breast cancer, we we are certainly here for you as well. So we want to make sure that people connect in they get the information they need that will help them to navigate the best possible path. And the other thing I think that's important is for people to understand that we are the voice for those people affected by breast cancer. So we advocate for significant investment into breast cancer, whether it be new treatments, old treatments and repurposing, or making sure we get more breast care nurses on the ground. We get nurses for those people living with metastatic disease. Kirsten Frusten on Medicos, explain metastatic disease. So that means that's where the breast cancer has moved from outside your breast to other parts of your body, often the liver, bones, brain and lungs. And really there are lots of amazing treatments that can keep people alive for a very long time. So I know when I started, if someone was diagnosed, you know, they were kind of preparing pretty early. That is not the case now. We, we've got many people living working and contributing enormously to the community who have incurable breast cancer. But know there are places like BCNA that will be here to help you navigate. And the earlier we can get your breast cancer, the better your outcome is. But no matter what, we will be a network that will connect you together, will be your voice, and we will be with you every step of the way. And that's my promise to you. One of your BCNA network mantras is no one will be left alone, no one will be left behind. We certainly don't and and everyone has different needs and we want to cater to those different needs. So, you know, really encourage people to call our helpline and connect in with all the different services that we have. That helpline is 1800 500 258 or go to bcna.org.au. They're here to help you anytime. Kirsten Pilati, the CEO of the Breast Cancer Network Australia, has been our very special guest today. And Kirsten, thanks to you and the team and good luck moving forward. Thank you, Dakes. And we love having you on the field. You uh, bring so much joy to the event. So thank you so much for all your ongoing work. We hope you enjoyed this very special Your Life Choices coming from the offices of the Breast Cancer Network Australia and go to their website at any time to find out more information. And until next time, this is John Deek saying thank you for joining us on this Your Life Choices podcast.